0: Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shaq, and this is the prime time uh, podcast from the Bros Who Think Network, bitches. <laughs> what's up guys welcome to another edition of the prime time podcast my name is charles reese your host and today we are recapping lsu's exciting win over the florida gators as lsu takes down the number seventh ranked gators 42 28 today i am joined by josh limoen y'all can follow him follow him on twitter at LSU F-Ball Truth and
1: com. josh how are you doing tonight i am doing good charles um it was a big win, and you sound like you're still uh, possibly hungover.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, it is Monday night. I am not hungover
0: still. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> big, big victory for the Tigers, Josh. You were on campus, I was as well. I think uh, this rivals, you know, probably one of the top five atmospheres
1: ever in Tiger Stadium. Yeah, it was it was a sight to see. I got the opportunity to bring uh, my two older uh, kids, their teenagers, and they've never really experienced it like that before. And uh, they were kind of just in shock and awe the whole time. And it was uh, it was a tremendous experience. And I'm glad that uh, a lot of young Tiger fans got to see LSU win the game because, you know, it's always it's just if it's your experience like that, maybe once in your life or every 10 years. It's always nice when LSU can come out on top and an exciting game. You know, a lot of scoring back and forth. So uh, just a, overall, a tremendous night, uh, tremendous experience.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it started early with college game day, a great atmosphere, great environment for game day as it was packed, like always. And it, it went all day long. I mean, yep. tailgates, the lines for booze were long. Hmm. The lines for food were just as long, but a little shorter than the alcohol lines. And there, it was packed on campus. There was no parking. Uh, you know, I, I probably think there were close to 200, if not more people, 200,000 or more people out there, Josh. And it came into the, into the stadium as the stadium was packed early. Uh, LSU had, what, 100-plus uh, official recruits there. Um, and, and not only in football, basketball had recruits, baseball had recruits. I think it was uh, it, the environment in Tiger Stadium from the first kick to the end when everyone in the stadium, including the the sixty year olds next to me, were doing the <laughs> gate of chomp. Uh, it was incredible from the beginning to the end. Josh, I, I I think that, you know, Coach O came out and said he wanted to thank the fans and, and you know, they really brought it. They did. You know, yeah. they were definitely a difference maker in this game. And, and in some ways, Josh, it, you I looked at Braden Fahuco's comments today and he said you know, Florida was running a silent count. We couldn't figure out what they were going to go off of. Um, I don't know if you say it hurt LSU in a way, but it's crazy that Florida didn't even try. They knew how loud it was going to be, and the pettiness was there. I mean, Josh, this game had everything that you wanted and more.
1: Yeah, Charles, you nailed it. I mean, it was everything that you, you want. You know, let me say this about the recruiting aspect, Charles. Um, you know, if you draw it up, as far as an experience goes and how, how, you know, how you want it to lay out and how you want the game to go against two big sec opponents. I mean, coach O's comments today, he said he had, you know, parents and, and, um, athletes in his office from 9am to 6pm, uh, constantly coming in and out, you know, just all raving about the experience. I think if you draw it up, you know, if you could have maybe one or two of these a year in uh, LSU, Florida and LSU, Alabama, that's, you know, that's all in over a hundred recruit stalls. When have we heard that? I mean, so, you know, obviously parents and and, and, and uh, the athletes are buying in to what Coach O is doing. So just overall, it's LSU is trending in the right direction. And I said it on the last show that if we won this game, this was a big win for Coach O and and this program to say, hey, we're going in, a, in the right direction. And, you know, we're going to put everybody else in the rear view. So, uh, you know, and it showed to it show with just a recruiting aspect yeah i may get this stat wrong
0: but in terms of coach i think this was his uh 11th game against a top 10 opponent at lsu as the head coach and he is now eight and three in those games with the three losses coming to uh alabama every year which he'll try to change this year auburn may be a top 10 matchup as well if maybe a penn state falls to michigan this week uh which would mean lsu's third top 10 matchup but Josh let's get into the game just you know some initial thoughts Josh I thought the offensive line like Joe Burrow said it they played a flawless game the only time he felt pressure is when he messed up on um on coverage assignments and I mean Josh I did not expect the offensive lineman uh offensive line to play as well as they did
1: no Charles look we talked about it for weeks and weeks now that for this team to take to take a a step forward and to compete with the best teams in the country, would we say not, not just the offensive line, the tackles had to perform and out of that game the other night, and I got to watch the film again today. And I really, you know, was taking a good look at the, at the line of scrimmage they played. And probably the best game I've seen on LSU offensive line play, you know, going back to maybe a 15 or something like that. It was a tremendous performance by the offensive line. Uh, Sadiq Charles, ridiculous there on, on a right tackle they they did what they had to do and when a little bit of pressure was there Joe now is comfortable enough to, to spin out the pocket and make plays man Charles it's you know I know everybody in the media has been raving about the offensive line but you know I want to take my opportunity and our opportunity to say we you know we pounded on them before the season of and we we made it known publicly that these guys have to play good football for LSU to take that next step. And they did that on Saturday night. If they can do that, you know, weekend and week out, LSU is going to have a chance to be there in the college football playoff. Josh, per PFF, Austin Dekula, Sadiq Charles, and Adrian McGee have allowed zero sacks this year. Wow, man, you know, Adrian McGee, what can we say about him? You know, he's a guy that's, he's a forgotten guy. I know I think he had a all start in that game, but just overall the flexibility that he can move from one spot to another, he is going to get a look at the next level just off the aspect that he's quality at across the board at any of those positions where you can plug him in. Yeah, and, you know, some of it
0: was uh, LSU getting the ball out quick, too, which helps in coverage. But, you know, we kind of expected Ed Ingram to play this game. He did not. You know, I I do still think they're going to continue to work him in because he's that good of an offensive lineman. And it helps your depth because Ed Ingram's not going to come in and play tackle if Austin Deculus or Sadiq gets hurt. That's going to be a guy like McGee, or you'll go to a guy like Rosenthal. But right now you'd rather go to McGee. You know, in terms of depth, I think you'd rather McGee there. Now, yes, he's the older guy, but – It's hard to keep talent off the field at the end of the day. So I do expect Ingram to get more playing time as we continue to go on. Uh, This Mississippi State matchup is definitely a a game uh, to get him playing time before that Auburn game and then ultimately before the Alabama game. But, Josh, look, we talked about that offensive line. It it played incredible. And, yes, we have been giving them a difficult time. But just some of the things they did, I mean, you look at the stats LSU had. They scored 42 points and 48 plays. And something else you look at offensive line play is the total rushing yards. LSU had 218 rushing yards on 24 attempts. Josh, the average 9.1 yards per carry, that's I think the highest since the 70s for LSU, which is only about half a yard short of their all-time highest in a game. And this was an sec game against one of the best defensive lines yes they had injuries in the first quarter two of their better defensive linemen so much so that coach mullen uh was talking mm-hmm. about this and complaining about it but this off uh this defense still had multiple players with multiple sacks still playing in this game and all she was able to neutralize that pass rush of the florida gators josh i think that the job of the offensive line is has been praised a lot today. I've heard it all over the place, but mm-hmm. it, it continues to need that praise because it's been getting. You know, they've been getting uh, they've been given a hard time so far yeah. this year, and I think some of that comes from last year. But what we've seen so far from this offensive line has been incredible uh, in terms of the the switch. I mean, we have to give Craig uh, his due diligence here is what he deserves because he's done an incredible job with his offensive line, specifically those offensive tackles, Josh, I, I think Austin
1: Deculus has made a huge jump. Yeah. I mean, that's obvious. Uh, Austin has, you know, last year he struggled at times and now um, I had actually a couple of scouts reach out to me uh, since Saturday night and kind of asked a few questions about him. Hey, kind of where he come from, you know, what's, you know, how's he been, you know, so that is good. That's good. So now when I'm getting to a couple of pro scouts, looking at him, asking him, they noticed him in the game. He held his own. So that is good. He's, you know, that is good. Like you said, coach Craig, he's, he's, he's getting these guys developed. That's what we want to see at LSU. You know, you want to grow every year. Uh, it, it's an elite program. So yeah, man, a lot of, a lot of praise to them guys that, you know, because don't get me wrong. We, we pounded on them for the last year and a half. So those guys played a hell of a game.
0: Josh, a stat that you would look at and say, oh man, it's kind of concerning is LSU is 25% on third down efficiency, but Josh, They only had four third downs the entire right. 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 You know, they had 22 first downs. Almost all of them except for one uh, came on first and second down. LSU, like I said, scored 42 points in 48 plays. But I think one of the things that is crazy to look at is that Joe Burrow, 21 to 24, 293 yards, three touchdowns. Josh, he had as many incompletions as he did touchdowns. Uh, I think Joe played an incredible game.
1: Yeah, th- 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 there's no way to cut it. You're you're uh, for LSU fans here. Just l- let me say this: you're you're in a whole new era, a whole new realm of LSU quarterback. This is this can compare pretty much. He's in his own own world right now. I mean, this is obviously he's uh, the leader in um, some boards for the Heisman and for good reason. But what Joe is doing, he's almost at eighty percent completion. Right, he actually raised it, Charles. um Through for eighty, I think it was eighty-five point three percent or whatever. Like you said, three incompletions. He's in a whole new world. I mean, he's going into an area that we really have truly never seen from an LSU quarterback. And, you know, it's a lot of it has to do with Joe. A lot of it has to do with the scheme from Joe Brady coming here. Also, uh, Charles, I think in that game, I wanted to see, you know, this offense, this this quarterback, this team perform against our elite defense. Um, And I think it has a lot to do as well with you see Brady and Ensminger. It's just everything is flowing, man. It's almost like Joe's a coach out there. Um, and coach order, mentioned that today that Joe has come to the point. He's a five-year guy. It's like, he's a coach on the field. Uh, and with this offense, you can see it. Everybody's kind of hitting their groove, Charles. Everybody's getting a good feel for what's going on, man. And it's like, they don't even have to speak out there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, everything is trending in the upward, upward direction for sure. Definitely.
0: And, and look, Josh, we finally saw Joe scramble for the first time a lot this year. Uh, Joe goes six carries 43 yards. Uh, with a long of 19 he didn't get out I think as much because of pressure I think he got out more because he saw the look that was there uh, and he used his legs you know he hasn't been doing that a lot this year because he doesn't you know he hasn't needed to then not that he needed to so much this game as look if it's there take what's there for you you know and, and you know we talk about the rushing you know Clyde had 13 carries and for a, and he had 134 yards in those 13 carries. He averaged 10.3 per carry <laughs> two touchdowns. they would have the long of 57. And then uh, Ty Davis with the long of 33 scores as well. Uh, LSU scores three touchdowns on the ground. I thought the running game was really good. Um, I, I thought that Clyde uh, showed that what a running back can do in this offense. And I think Jacob Hester made the point today. Look, you know, they had four and five stars there. And if you're recruiting... A guy like Zachary Evans from the Houston area, a five-star running back that was there this week, and you say, man, look at what Clyde's doing. Zach, can you imagine yourself the in this offense? to
1: celebrate greatness in the grind.
0: You know, I think that that's something that, that probably was used. Uh, uh, Josh, I think that the rushing attack is what we've been kind of waiting to see, and we really saw what it could be and what it can be. Uh, against a really good defense. And I keep bringing that up because, you know, not only did the rushing game look good, Joe looked good, the receivers looked good. You saw Thaddeus Moss make multiple Mm -hmm. catches. The blocking, I saw your tweet today. I mean, Stephon Sullivan, his block on Ty (laughs) Davis' is textbook. That's what you teach receivers. Uh, You say, look, you know, you hold your block because look what can happen. You know, if Sullivan doesn't hold his block, that's not a touchdown at the end of the day. You know, uh, offense, Josh, just final thoughts about it. it. It was just start to finish the offense, except for a few times when they shot themselves in the foot. I thought that the offense didn't miss a beat once again. Uh, and this is just the new norm, the number one scoring
1: offense in the country. Uh, and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. Yeah. We're talking, talking about, you know, a lot of praise and we're giving them kudos. So look, let's not Florida's a good, it's a good football team. And they got NFL guys on that defense. I know, uh you know coach moan he said some guys were hurt uh, yeah, that's fine i think he was a little upset because he lost the game um that's another whole topic but yeah, that that's a good program and there's some guys that's many guys on that defense charles is going to play in the nfl so um i think we're, we're seeing a product of this offense like i mentioned everybody kind of hitting their groove everybody like you mentioned the downfield blocking from steven sullivan it's it's, it's all kind of coming coming together now thaddeus moss is becoming an option um, like you said, Clyde, I mean, with ten, averaging over ten yards a carry, just everything is coming together. Uh, and, and it's really we're we're kind of hitting our comfortable stride right when we need to. You know, we got a Mississippi State game coming up over in Alabama. So this is really a, a good time for this to happen. Well you score forty two uh, points against a tremendous defense. Um, yeah, you didn't score sixty something points, but when you're playing against a Florida team like this, you know, that's impressive. I mean, you know, I know we give Florida a lot of slack, but at the end of the day, that, that's a good football team and don't be surprised if you know if they're there at the end um, maybe challenging for the SEC championship so but overall just the offense what can I say you know I have nothing else to say we're the number one scoring offense in the country I just want to continue to so maybe give a few new wrinkles Charles as we go mixing a, a John Emery a little more you've seen Ty Davis break, break a big run but man Clyde Edwards Lair is making it hard to pull him off the field I mean when he runs like that you just, you just can't you know 10 yards average come on so, but overall, man, offense has just been tremendous.
0: Yeah, offense was great. Josh, let's switch it over to the defense. Talk about them as a whole first. Uh, looking at the team stats, look, Florida, uh, they ran a ton of plays. Florida ran 40 more plays than LSU. They, as they had 88 plays. Uh, they threw for 44, and they rushed 40 times. Uh, now, yards per pass, they averaged 7.1. Um, and, and on the ground, they only got 3.7 per carry. Uh, You know, I think Trask had a good game, not Mm -hmm. a great game. He was 23 for 39 for 310, three touchdowns in that pick that Derek Stingley had. But, Josh, what I think is the most important thing, some of the comments came out today. Once again, Braden Fahoga, going back to what he said, uh, he said today that they thought Florida was going to run the ball more on first down. I think I saw they had 18 uh, pass attempts on first down. LSU wasn't expecting that, so they were playing the run more. While that's not a total excuse, it kind of makes sense as to why they weren't getting that push like you normally do on a pass rush on first down. And you can see the adjustments that were made. Uh, After Florida goes three and out their first drive, they score a touchdown. uh, They punt after getting a a penalty. um, And then they go touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then you see LSU make adjustments where they force back-to-back three and outs. LSU takes the lead and then doesn't look back. Josh, I thought – the first half, Florida had a ton of success. You look at time of possession; it's something that we're used to. You know, LSU, I think, scored on average at, on their scoring plays was a minute fifty-one seconds uh, in this game. Look, we're used to that. We're used to the defense. They're going to be out there a lot. And even though we ran the ball uh, for a ton of yards in this game, it, it shows that um, you know that there is uh, there will be games where LSU has a ten-minute difference uh, in time possession when the other team has the ball more. And this is one of those games. But, look, Florida had a ton of success at the beginning of the game against their defense. I think the adjustments at halftime, uh, after that touchdown drive, LSU really shut them down. Uh, Besides one drive where they had success, they threw an interception. I thought LSU's game plan in the second half worked really well, whereas you saw Aranda get beaten by Mullen in the first half. Looked like Aranda took back the game in the second.
1: Yeah, I mean – Charles, that does a good breakdown. I mean, that's, that's sums it up. But that A couple things that I, I, I like to point out is, uh, you know, like we said in the first half, weren't expecting them to throw on first down so much and, you know, kudos to coach Mullen that, that he made them pay Charles. We seen that he made them pay all first half and I was so moving forward, Charles, I, I, I would like to see, I'd like to see them guys adjust, not necessarily at halftime. I know sometimes it's, you got to make in-game adjustments and it just, they kept working 84 they kept hitting pits and it, they, you know, it's, it was becoming just kind of laughable up to the point that you knew where it was going. We all knew where it was going. That was, I mean, that would just make them play after play after play against it against like an Alabama Charles. I'd like to see more of an in-game adjustment there. And it just like, we, we all knew he was going to go, you know, go in a halftime and, and, and do what he had to do. They came out, they made their adjustments. They played a lot better on defense, but I just think as you play a team like an Alabama, it's going to be key. We can't, we can't allow Alabama to throw it wild for a whole first half. So uh, moving forward, I'd like to see them maybe do more of an in-game adjustment there in the end of the first quarter, maybe start of the second quarter. But uh, defense looked good. I thought they it just looked good. First half was you know like we you mentioned they struggled. You get into the second half, they make the adjustments. Uh, what can we say about, about my man Stingley? He got picked on a little bit there, Charles. But you know when it, when he came, to- he did. And look, they had success throwing it to Jefferson
0: on Stingley they uh, did. during the game. I mean, Jefferson had two touchdowns. Uh, he had eight receptions on the game. Mm-hmm. Josh, something I want to bring up and, and was in you know the comments today was LSU decided to go to man in that second half, and you know he, I think it was on the Scona show today. He has um he has Mike D'Antonio on every week, mm-hmm. and D'Antonio he referenced his comments saying. You keep sticking your hand in the piranha's cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what happened. They kept uh, picking on Stingley. Stingley makes the interception. uh, And look, he's so good. (laughs) He is so good. And you kind of just expect that now. But, Josh, LSU had three, four interceptions in this game that were dropped or negated by a penalty, one being that huge, uh, I think, missed call where they said uh, Marcel Brooks hit Trask below the knee. But it was really a thigh. I mean, that should have been LSU's second pick, but, you know, ultimately LSU comes away with the victory, but I think that you have better
1: hands. You see three or four turnovers in this game. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that throughout the year, Charles, and that goes back into my Alabama comment, uh, that we've seen that quite a bit this year, so we the ball skills for Stingley, we've seen them grow, and I've, he picked up his third interception of the season, but as As we go forward, Charles, I'd really like to I think Queen there in the end zone, if I'm not mistaken, was he kind of he went for the interception and went through his hands, and Florida was able to grab it, you know, uh, and scored a touchdown on that. So the O addressed it today, Charles in his in his press conference and said, that's something they're gonna talk about. Let's knock that ball down on fourth down. but uh, continue to work the ball skills. um like you said, that we there should have been a couple more interceptions in that game, uh, but you know that's things that that's things that they can work on. Uh, moving forward. I thought um, as far as the pass rush go, we didn't talk about that too much, but it was nice Charles to see come in the second half, right. And have a pass rush that you could, you could kind of count on a little bit. That was something that we just haven't quite seen all year. And as the game, game unfolded toward, you know, third and fourth quarter, it was, it was, it was a pleasant surprise Charles to see Clavion chase on, get some pressure, Marcel Brooks on the blitz, just, uh, you know, Thomas there, just maul in the center. Uh, it was good to see, Uh, you know, uh, a consistent pass rush in in the second half. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Uh,
0: You know, they decided to bring more blitzes in that second half, which I think was needed. Uh, It seems like every single time they run a stunt, they have success with it. Uh, Brooks looks like he's going to be a key impact player on that outside linebacker position, Um, especially in passing downs when they bring him and Chase on the outside. I I think that's going to be pivotal for the pass rush. But look, they got 13 hits on the QB. Did yeah? They they hurried him. They had two sacks in the game, and most of that came in the second half when they made those adjustments. I thought that was big to me. I think they should have just done that from the beginning. Uh, I would have liked to see that more. But man, Chaseon had a big game. Look, he's talked talk trash in two games so far: Texas and Florida. Uh, on Saturday, he had eight total tackles, six solo, one sack, three tackles for loss. Uh, he was an impact player. And in, in some aspects, I mean, he really was a difference maker at the end of the day. Yeah,
1: man. I mean, look, I even spoke about it um, on a couple of shows, Charles, and, and I think I even tweeted out a couple of times. Um, chase on is an all world talent. You can just he just look at him. Right. He's a five star talent. Um, and he, he he talked. But you know what? He backed it up this game. This is that was an NFL performance. Um, you know, talked to a scout today. And that's that said, hey, man, can can you, you do me up a little bit of info on chase on as well? Um, there was about a handful of guys that some of the NFL scouts hit me up about. So that's good. I mean, LSU's getting that national exposure now. And they're they're asking me about some of these guys at the next level. And, uh, you know, Chase on really stuck out to him. Just explosive, put together well. Looks like the knee is fully healed up. Well, um, so Chase on came to play. Let's hope he, he he continues to bring that. And, you know, we stay away from the injuries. That's going to be key moving forward.
0: Yeah, I thought Grant Delpit had a good game as well. Um, he, he did not miss tackles like he had been having an issue uh, throughout the season. G- Josh, a guy I want to talk about, you talked about uh, Solomon Thomas, so I thought mm-hmm. his play continues to improve. I thought Glenn Logan played really well. because He did. That, uh, Glenn and another guy that played well was Tyler Shelvin. Uh, Tyler Shelvin, I saw you reference uh, mm-hmm. Cody Worsham's tweet today. Mm-hmm. You can just see that that guy requires a double team. Yeah, I mean, he's that disruptive defensive tackle that LSU – used to have in the championship years, that he's playing like a five-star now. I mean, that was your tweet. Yeah, That's what we expect from Shelvin, and, and it's going to be something we expect down the stretch. Uh, but, you know, other than that, along the defensive line, look, Glenn Logan, Shelvin had good games, thought Thomas played well as well. You had other guys on, you know, in a, in a sense, a pitch count, a snap count. As guys get healthier, and you're 2-3 deep at these positions along the defensive line. I think this defense
1: is going to continue to improve throughout the season. Yeah, no, Charles, you, you nailed it. One thing I noticed in that game, and Coach O referenced it, but if you watch the film, guys looked fresh, Charles. I mean, you we had healthy guys now. And Coach O mentioned it. Hey, a lot of yeah, we struggled a little bit on the defensive line and some of the other games when we had injuries. But man, wasn't it wasn't it nice to have some guys that were fresh and they were rotating in? So, you know, those 10 or 12 snaps they got, they were they were full go. You seen Thomas make that play right there that So these guys have been coming on uh, Glenn Logan. Like you said, Michael divinity. Now you're rotating. Well, now we're rotating three, four star, five star guys consistently. And, you know, we're not having these guys having to play so many snaps. So that's going to be big if we can stay healthy as we, you know, as we continue to get into to SEC play. Oh, and one Tyler Shelvin. Yeah. Let me real quick that people today, Charles, I had somebody uh, mention to me. Well, you know, he only had, he only had a couple tackles. If you're not big into how how this all works, Tyler Shelvin plays in the center a lot. He's not ever, and don't be wrong, he could pick up a sack here or there. Don't expect to see that big, pretty line like Cleveon Chase on eight tackles, a sack, three tackles for loss. That's not what he's there for. You're going to see two or three tackles, but, I mean, it takes two guys to block him. He's going to push the line of scrimmage back to allow the linebackers to make plays. And Shelvin is man; he is playing lights out. That is such a key to a championship defense is having that big nose tackle right there that can just disrupt.
0: Yeah, another guy who I thought had a really good game uh, was Patrick Queen had eight tackles on the night, six solo, uh, and, and as well as Jacoby Stevens. Uh, look, I, I think the defense played well, especially in that second half. That uh, first half was more of a, a more of a struggle and was in, in some ways frustrating, but. I think the thing that was frustrating was, where were the adjustments? And Josh, I think some of that comes in, you don't have time to make the adjustments when your offense is scoring as fast as they are. And I know this is going to you know, feed into the argument of, we're scoring too fast for our, you know, for our <laughs> defense. I don't think that matters, because as long as you score more points than the other team, that's all that matters at the end of the day. But look, Coach O said it today, they do not want to play in close games. They don't like that. They did not like the way that they played defensively in this game. I think they're going to continue to improve, continue to work on it, Josh. I think that, um, you know, this week they play Mississippi State, a team that lost to Tennessee. I expect LSU to win big. We'll be doing our, our preview later this week. Make sure y'all check that out. But when you look at that Auburn game, I think you're going to see a lot, not a lot less, but you're going to see maybe half as many points scored by Auburn as you did the Florida Gators. And in some ways, uh, you know, you can say that Auburn may have a better offense than uh, Florida at the end of the day. But I think that LSU is going to show they're continuing to improve. These younger guys are going to continue to get opportunities, and I think it's going to be a difference. I mean, you had a really good recruiting class at that defensive back position. Take away Stingley, it's still really good. It's still probably one of the better ones in the country. So it's time for some of these younger guys to step up. You've seen some play from Cardell Flott. I expect to, cons- to continue to see play from some of these younger guys, and not only this week but in that Auburn game.
1: No, yeah, Charles, that's, that's a good wrap up there. We've seen Jay Ward hit the field a little bit. He got picked on when he, when he came in, but you know, these, these reps will, will, you know, will pay off as the season goes on. But yeah, I mean, you look at this class with, with the cornerbacks and the safeties, uh, you know, now, now we're starting to see, man, it's, it, it's just a great thing. that We had such a good recruiting class in, in the secondary. We really needed it. Look how many freshmen are, are you know, are stepping on the field. Got an opportunity, Charles, to, uh, to watch Mississippi state in a Tennessee game. I watched that in full today. uh, Took my time, kind of went through it. And uh Mississippi state is, you, you, you look at their offense, Charles, it, it's their quarterback position. I think state came out, correct me if I'm wrong. And I think Schroeder's going to is traders going to start at quarterback. Um, And it's just overall, the, the offense has been, it's, it's hard to watch sometimes, you know, that's just, I'm just going to put it, put it how it is. And, but on the defensive side, Charles, they, they they got a few playmakers. They got some guys that, you know, that, that can pick the ball off. Uh, I want to say they lead the SEC in turnovers, you know, altogether. But LSU will have this opportunity again, like you said, to grow this, grow this team, grow some of these young guys. Um, I just Mississippi State, you know, unless they come out and do something all world, South Carolina, Georgia type deal. I just don't think Mississippi State just has the firepower. To keep up with the scoring Uh, They got a few guys on defense that are going to play in the league But you know overall I think this is the game And we'll talk about it more later in the week That LSU should handle Josh uh,
0: You know what are some other thoughts you had From this game look we talked recruiting we talked Atmosphere Uh, I'll say this Again I think the Gator Chomp was one of the best Things I've ever seen in Tiger Stadium Um, Especially considering they Were doing (laughs) They were yelling you suck at the same time as uh, they were playing Tiger Rag. Look, I think that the entire atmosphere was incredible. I was on the field for most of the first quarter um, and then moved up. And Josh, I think the play was great, especially in the second half. Didn't really miss a beat. And Joe, you know, Joe Burrow talked about it. The only times that the offense had issues were really self-inflicted wounds. You know, and he said, "Look, we scored 42 points. We played against a good defense, and I think, you know, uh, some of it was taking it not taking a shot but saying look everyone said well this offense looks great let's see what it looks like against Texas all right this right. offense is great let's see what it looks like against a good defense and they've answered the call every single time and yet Joe Burrow said there's still room to improve and it's like Man Josh can you imagine if LSU scored on one or two more of those possessions i mean you're talking about a, a you know a 56 to 28 game and you know Florida maybe doesn't yep. even score in the second half because they're so far down Uh, and and then you're getting even more national attention. But the national attention right now around this team, Josh, is at an all-time high. If you ask me, you look, LSU's got three top ten victories, and doesn't look like they're slowing down right now. Or two, sorry, three top ten victories. But it doesn't look like they're slowing down anytime
1: soon. Yeah, no, you're right, Charles. I mean, you see it today, right? What CBS... Went ahead and put Mississippi State and LSU at two thirty. They already decided to put Auburn and LSU at two thirty. Yeah, LSU as far as the all time high as being, I think it's excitement, Charles. I think we, you know, it just ain't some of the LSU uh, teams of the past where yeah we were good, you know, and we we were winning. And but it was sometimes it could be kind of boring, right? You know, toss dive a thousand times. But this is exciting football, you know, and it, it's going to attract the you know the average viewer, I got it. Maybe just might not tune in, but he's, he's going to want to see this LSU's high power. That's fun to watch. Right. You know, um, kind of goes back to, like I, I bring up sometimes is Oregon back in the mid to two thousands that I would tune in to watch Oregon. They, they, they were fun to watch. They were all over the field making plays. Uh, I didn't care about Oregon, but I like to watch the offense. So I think that's kind of where LSU's at great for recruiting great for the atmosphere. Um, in in a, in a weird kind of way, Charles, it was good that the kind of LSU and Florida went went. You know, they went shot for shot, score for score. Um, it wasn't a blowout one. You know, and it it wasn't. It was an exciting game. You seen with the with the Gator Chomp. People were energetic. They were into it. It was exciting. Had so many people reach out to me and said it was you know the the craziest, most fun uh, atmosphere I've ever been in. You know, so. Uh, overall, I think it was just a huge win for uh, for LSU, especially on the recruiting front. These are the big wins that you can't – you can tell a, a recruit all you want. You are the best school Saturday night in Death Valley is great. But to actually experience it with over 100 recruits from the 20, 21, 22 class, I mean, that speaks volumes. And to get the win, I mean, there's really not much else you can say. Coach O was kind of speechless today as well when he was talking about that. So – uh, overall good stuff real quick and closing Kyle Trask. I gave him credit. He came in and played a hell of a game, Charles. I thought, he, you know, we didn't give him a lot of credit that, that that's a good football player. He played one hell of a game. He elevated his game, his play and his team. And he, he kept Florida in it as long as he could. So I just wanted to give credit to, to trash. He's, he, he's a hell of a quarterback.
0: Yeah. I thought Tras played really well, Josh. Yep. And some say about recruiting, uh, that Coach O said from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. his yeah. office was busy, so yeah. you know th- that's just something else to talk about. And look, uh, LSU is going to be on CBS three weeks in a row, uh, because that uh, Alabama LSU game is going to be uh a CBS game, and there's talks about moving it to a primetime game. Right. Uh, the only other time that's happened where CBS has had to work that deal was in 2011, Josh, and I think we all know what happened that year, so yeah. uh. I know that CBS paid a lot of money back then to uh, get ESPN to agree to it. I imagine they're going to be paying even more money this year and giving more considerations to have it happen. But Josh, look, you know, to be honest, you know, I, I didn't watch the game on, um, on TV. I was there and I imagine you watched the game on TV. Not sure if you listen to Chris Blair, who I've heard nothing but great remarks on from this weekend, but uh, I think Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreak are the number one and number two guys when it comes to calling uh, college football games on TV. And, uh, you know, I, I listen to their comments whenever I rewatch the game today. I think that having them call that Alabama game, I mean, I'm all for it. <laughs> you know, maybe ESPN pays CBS yep. to have that game, you know, because yeah. I, I think that that would be a really good game uh, to have two of the best in the business Uh, call it. And and look, Josh, I think that um, I'm really excited about that game. I don't want to look ahead yet, but uh, you know, I think that that game it's not going to be a 29 zero game. I can guarantee you that unless Joe Burrow gets hurt between now and then uh, I do not think LSU will be
1: shut out in that game. Yeah, no, I think we're, we're headed toward and, you know, and I know we're We're headed to a shootout. Yeah, we're headed to a shootout and I I know people don't, we don't want to talk about it and we shouldn't be talking about it ahead but let me say this, if we both get there undefeated uh, November 9th, I think, you know, you got the Heisman front runners one and two. Whoever leads that game the winner that night can, can you know, like you said, barring any injury, can, is probably going to hold up that trophy later in the season. So that's exciting, man. I mean, we, we've been wanting that now at LSU that's after less miles left and, you know, the, the program was in, a, in kind of a rut there. Coach O has pulled it back up to the top. We're number two in the country. This is what we want, man. You know, for us to actually be talking about this November 9th, i know we're not supposed to be looking ahead, but as fans and analysts, this is fun, man. It's back to being, you know, the fun times at LSU. Let let's go win that Heisman. Let's do it, you know. So I just I'm just enjoy it, you know what I mean? Because it's a lot. There was some downtime, so. Well,
0: LSU moves up in the AP polls. They're now the number two team in the country. LSU, Alabama, one and two. Uh, and it seems like this has happened multiple times. But look, I th- look like I said, I think that CBS is going to try to move that game to have yep. that first two matchup but both teams remain undefeated. Um, LSU is going to face a Mississippi State team that lost to Tennessee. It uh, looks like the sky is falling, but sometimes those are the teams that are dangerous to face. So I know uh, Coach has already said it. He's not going to have a step back for this week they're not going to have a letdown game because they've already had that uh while he's put at LSU he's not going to let that happen again um so look I'm excited for this weekend Josh I'm excited to see what comes from recruiting as uh some guys towards the bottom of the class seems like you know we may see some movement and, and some more talented guys join this class uh but for that Josh uh where can people check out some
1: of your work on your website yeah, I mean just check out the website uh lsufballtruth.com. So actually I know I've been talking about it on each shows. This weekend we'll be basically um tossing the new kind of new site up there. Uh so just keep an eye out for that. Uh this weekend is gonna be the release time for uh for the website and getting a lot of new content uh, up and running. We've been working on it now for a couple months. But, uh, yep, I'll be, we'll be pushing it out, and uh, I'll make sure to get that out on tweets. I know Charles should probably push it out as well. And, but, uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Um, and, you know, recruiting's always on the forefront. I know that. We'll try to get as much information as we can out about the recruits. There was so many, right, Charles, this week. There's was over 100. I tried to tweet out as many uh, visits as I, as I could, uh, but it, it just got to the, to the point where I've never seen it before. So if I miss some, I apologize. Yeah, there were so many recruits that not every single one of them were on the sideline before the game. Yeah.
0: It doesn't happen. And, not, right. and on top of that, it was homecoming. So, Josh, I, I mean, I, I was talking to Brad Wing for a while last night, or Saturday night, and it's like, dude, how many guys from the old teams are here? And he's like, it's been a while since I've seen this many, and not for the LSU-Alabama game. He said, man, it, it, this environment's crazy. He's like, I love it. He's like, I said, do you wish you could still be playing? He said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was a crazy environment for everything, for recruits, for fans, for players, for coaching staff, even for the analyst, uh, as I've seen so many guys from ESPN sharing videos and Maria Taylor talking about how much fun she had at the game. But, Josh, closing uh, comments, do you have anything
1: else from this weekend's game? I would just say as far as the recruiting aspect goes, a couple of names to keep an eye on. Helcom Green, uh, safety out of Virginia. He's been kind of heating up 2020 safety. I think he's a guy when when they look at him, Charles, that – Um, he's not necessarily a super high rank. He's a four star guy, but he, he, let's just say LSU really likes him and how he plays. Remember, they find the guys that fit their program. Phillip Webb was there. Another big time linebacker from Georgia. Um, you know, Zach Evans running back out of Texas. Believe me, LSU's still on him hot. It's been kind of wishy-washy on where he's going to be and, you know, who he's going to commit to. But LSU is absolutely in the running for the number one running back in the country. Um, and Jacoby and Guillory, look, you know the, the defensive tackle. He's not committed yet, Charles. But I think at the end of the day, we, you know, he's he's going to be a tiger. Any offensive tackle uh, updates? Yeah, so you know, not you know, not much to report. I, I got that quite a bit there. Uh, Dumerville, Marks Dumerville, he's the name. He's still the name that kind of keeps popping up there. I think he's the name that LSU wants. They put they went all in on him, Charles. You know, uh, they they went all in him so. That's really the 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 one name that's out there. You know, I've been looking around. Is there another name popping up here? That that looks like that's the guy. So, um, as as maybe other couple names pop up, if Marcus decides LSU's not the school to go, obviously they're going to go try to grab somebody late. Um, and you know, if I get that information, I'll you know obviously I'll be sure to push it out. Well, Josh, an exciting
0: weekend. Most definitely in Baton Rouge. Uh, once again, as LSU takes down Florida, forty-two to twenty-eight. For Josh Samoy, my name is Charles Reese. Make sure y'all check out our preview this week as we will be previewing the LSU Tigers and Mississippi State Bulldogs matchup. As LSU heads to Starkville to take on the Bulldogs at two thirty, it'll be on CBS. But once again, for Josh Samoy, my name is Charles Reese, your host. Y'all have a great week, and as always, God bless.